Hello, Spacers. This is Atlas, Berserker of the Acers. I need the audience to share our story to anyone you meet. One, it'll increase my standing for promotion. And two, it'll help our group share our story through the planetary system. We love to see our supporters and backup from everyone who watches. I'll hand you over to Nathan. Hey guys, thank you for watching and supporting through following, subscribing, Patreon, and even just watching listening to the show. I hope you enjoy this episode, and make sure to leave any thoughts or questions in the comments. Until next time, Spacers. Thank you. The following events took place somewhere in warp speed. Between this place and there, aboard the C2, all is dark, except for the glow of a neon red lava lamp. All is quiet, except for... Hmm, morning meditation complete. Check. Yes. I got breakfast done. Check. And... <gasps> oh, is that bloodstain? Atlas! Like I was saying, Atlas... What's wrong, McKenna? You, you look like you're about to explode. That's because I am about to explode. Atlas got blood all over my hero's journal. Okay, here we go again. We kill things, McKenna. It's what we do. What do you want me to do? Wrap our enemies' wounds after I cut them in half? Yes! Now hold up, hold up. Hero's journal? What in tar nation is that? Do you actually think you're a hero? <gasps> yes! Why wouldn't I? Because even if I didn't, this journal would certainly help me to become the hero of my own story. <sighs> this is Rich. Please explain. Fine. I will. The Hero's Journal is a beautiful way to practice gratitude and get things done. Look, as you can see in this easily made format, I was able to begin the day just right by following along in their gratitude section. Actually, today I was grateful for you, Atlas. Wow, what an easy way to format your day and increase productivity. Look, I've been writing my to-do list on my arm. Uh, visit that beautiful old lady at Sanctuary, find horse, learn to dance. I like how you can not only create a schedule and follow the ranking system for the day's most important ones, but the art really makes it like a comic book adventure. I know, isn't the art so cute and fun? Oh. Who cares about cute and fun? The world's made of pain, not cute and fun. Whoa, boy, now see here. Here's a section you might like. It's goal setting in the short term and the long term with reflections. Let me see that. Hmm, I hate to say it, but this might have tactical uses. Yes, yes, I need to. I need to fulfill my mission, get stronger, and find my sworn enemy. And the pictures are kinda cute and fun. I am spending too much time with them. Ah, uh, hey, um, Atlas, that is my journal. If you could, um, get it, um, okay, well, I guess I can buy a new one. Don't worry about it, McKenna. I'm already set in order for when we get out of hyperspace. It's the Heroes Journal at theheroesjournal.co. That's the one! Do you... do you think Alice will like me more now that he took mine? Yeah, McKenna. I think you made a real breakthrough. Not. But hey, look! They have an adventure-themed one and a magic school-themed one. Ooh! Sign me up! Especially for the magic one. <laughs> Here we go. Roll for initiative. 
All right, welcome to Starlight, guys. It is full-on season two, and I am super pumped because you last heard the prologue episode, Enter Artixis, and Artixis is here in the studio, and he's here to play. Hello. <laughs> so, round robin, once again, we have Eris with us, and Eris, thank you for joining us. I'm excited to get more into all of the things that Artixis is doing. Yeah, you can tell me how wonderful it is to be here. I, I mean, do I have to? <laughs> All right, skipping on to the next one, on to the next one. Come on, somebody, a little bit more. Um, no, I, actually, I'm, I'm super excited to be here. I've been, I've been talking to Sam about this like for two weeks. I was just like, dude, I, I'm, I'm so excited to go back. Uh, this is going to be so much fun. See, Courtney, I've been telling you, more than just my mother's listening and enjoying it. I'm glad. <laughs> Me too. I've been the one listening. <laughs> well, okay, then we jump on over to... I am Courtney, um, and I'm playing Ray Byrne. And I'm Sam, and I'm playing Clive Jensen. Uh, Nathan, I play Atlas. And together we are the anti-heroes that be. Mm. Well, Artixus is definitely a hero. Artixus is a very good boy. <laughs> Artixus, ooh, can we get that put on a pen or on a shirt? Artixus is a very good boy. <laughs> <laughs> but it has to be in like a chibi art yeah. style. Oh, yes. Courtney, you're in charge of this. <laughs> I'm going to pass this along to Nathan. Nathan's a great um, artist. Really great artist. Draws really well. He'll I know, it. and he, we still need him to make some more art for the show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right all right just like the roar just but <laughs> yeah be before we get too far into it uh, i would like to give a special shout out to our show sponsor the heroes journal we are super super thankful for you guys and if you haven't checked out the heroes journal i don't know why in the heck you have not you heard the commercial for it it is a beautiful ad if i don't say so myself but you can actually become the hero of your life i mean Right, Sam? Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, it's definitely helped me quite a bit. For a while, I've been, I've been... I would struggle with disorganization, and it's definitely helped me kind of plan out each day and plan my tasks for the day, and I do feel like I've accomplished a lot more since I started using it. So I definitely 100,000% 100, recommend it. And if Clive Jensen were here, I think he would too. Yeah, and not only that, if you're not into the whole Lord of the Rings trope, they are doing a magic school alternative art version, so check it out. But anyways, I digress. Why don't we jump in to this episode of Starlight? <clears throat> Neuralink, access memories. Accessing. Following the events of Induel and recuperation for 91 galactic standard days, the spacers are deployed on the Kashin family's homeworld of Balistar to settle a complaint of the rice-kelping village of Osmaria. A unidentified object fell from the sky and smashed their shield wall, flooding the patties with seawater from the Kashin Strait and triggering the rice kelp to release its seed prematurely. Ordinarily, a problem that can be solved by the village is complicated, however, as an influx of hydras that are seemingly drawn to the wall keep attacking it and preventing any meaningful repairs. It is here the spacers find themselves on a small-scale mission without seemingly high stakes. But for now, they need information and gear, so it is shopping and then an interview with a troublesome halfling by the name of Artixis Albane. Memories retrieved. And so that's where we jump in. 
But before we go full on into there, we start with the time-honored gift of inspiration. I don't know why the gods still breathe favor upon you a lot, but they do. And this time grants Clive a point of inspiration. Oh, really? Wow. Well, thank you. <laughs> That's awesome. Every time you just kind of get like you like perk up a little bit. A little <laughs> bit like, yeah, because I honestly never expect it. To be honest, because because he, he went thirty episodes without it. Yeah, he, yeah, it's true. Because McKenna kept getting it. Yeah, I don't yeah. think my character now will get it as much. Maybe your maps. I think McKenna needed it more honestly. McKenna rolled really low, <laughs> a lot. Yeah, but no, that's awesome. I appreciate it. Thank you guys. Thank you, listeners. And with that, we zoom in onto the planet of Balistar through the clouds with the sun peeking just past, down past the waters filled with hydras of the Kashin Strait, through the hole of the shield wall, past the wilting brown rice kelp paddy plants, into the tenuous, nervous, but still somewhat busy village of Asmaria. And we focus in on three spacers, Atlas, Clive, and McKenna. Following- McKenna? <laughs> Who's McKenna? Ooh, Excuse me. We have to, uh, I have to work on that. We focus in on Atlas, Clive, and Ray, as they walk behind this short elderly woman, almost halfling in nature, gray silvery hair, long white dress, with various ornate elements to it that are almost animal, spiritual in nature, with a long train being carried by a girl about eight years old behind her as they march through the half-paved streets, half-dirt roads of Asmaria and in to the markets. The old lady looks back at you as her two vizier guards, dressed in dark greens and wearing the fox mask covers, are keeping an eye out, making sure that the elder is taken care of, safe. It ain't just a bit more ahead. I think that you will uh, find it to be quite quaint, but it does have its certain charm. She turns the corner onto the broad street that keeps most of the vendors and marketers of Osmaria. As Atlas walks in, Mm -hmm. there is a scent on the air. What does he smell? The ocean, kind of like when you're at the beach in that sense. Kind of the ocean breeze. And as you're led down this path that begins to break from cement into traditional dirt path, you see that the sides of the road have been painted with a red chalk to denote the walkways. You begin walking under a series of three arches painted what color, Atlas? Blue. And everywhere, the blue is used as the, the symbolic color for friendship, openness, trust and wealth. Oh yes, wealth. In between about every 10 feet of these like set shops and set up like marketing vending stalls, there are these foot tall statues that all have these taken on the shape of usually some sort of avian bird. Uh, Most seem to be owls, some are hawks. Others are simple sparrows, but the stomach is kept hollow where you can see offerings that have been put in there for good tidings, some flowers, some food. The viziers and the elder, as you walk past them, stops at every single one, puts a closed fist into an open palm, and bows. Then 
the sounds of the market start to spring up around you. The yells, the cajoling for you to come and spend your hard-earned credit over here. You see the children running along, smiling, laughing at the strangers, the new people. Especially Atlas. They, they stop and they point, seeing some of the hints of the Kashin tattoo coming around of that black dragon. And most of the kids have this curious excitement about it. And in general, you are welcomed into this market. The elder turns and she says, Now, like I told you, everything here, I have commanded that they treat you in a reputable way and give you a discount. Now, please enjoy. And then once you're done, I will make sure that I have one of my visitors take you to Artixus's home. She pauses and casts a dark glare onto Ray. Without a hair harmed. I was just offering to help if he was a problem. Hmm. Enjoy. And then she hobbles off with her entourage. Leaving you guys alone in this kicked up uh, amount of dust and dirt and just action of the marketeers going on around you. Well, I don't know about you guys, but uh, after that exciting landing we had and fighting all those hydras, I'm I'm pretty hungry. I think I'm, I'm going to go find some food. Go ahead as you start walking around looking for food shops. Go ahead and roll an investigation roll. Twelve. Your nose does not lie. Something sweet but savory. You begin to follow it. Now you pass this market vendor what looks like they're selling some sort of skewered rats. No, no, not that. Ooh. Is that there's there's some mushrooms being sauteed in in this deep oil. The burbling sounds tantalizing. But then you actually come to this place that kind of has this like familiar smell. You're not sure if you can place it, but it's almost like baked bread with something else. And you find yourself standing before a shop that is built almost entirely of wood. The top of it is this like kind of curved bow of a wood that has this old sign etched into it. These two small windows meet your gaze and you can see in there an elderly couple being served by what looks like to be some human. This platter with some tea and biscuits and other things on there. And through one of the other windows, you spy this rack of chickens kind of rotating over this fire in the kitchen. And the top of the sign says, Arsenu Tea Room. Hmm. Did you see the rats? They were skewering, and oh. I'm petting my rats. Oh, you've never had skewered rat before? Oh, delicacy. <clears throat> Absolutely scrumptious. I'm going to hold my rat up to your face and say, this is not scrumptious. Well, then you should probably get that out of my face. <laughs> oh, I'm just well, kidding. I'm not going to eat your rat. That would be ridiculous. You're but, next on the list. But I am going to walk into this shop. The couple look past at both of you, and then they go back to their tea. Arigato! And then... The woman before that was serving comes forth in what looks to be something similar to like a brown kimono with a yellow flowered belt around the waist. She points to your shoes. 
and you see that the other guest shoes are off next to the door and she herself is barefoot hi welcome welcome to my tea room uh three i'm four i have a rat uh go and make a charisma roll Oh, no. A negative two. That is not okay. No, no, no. No rats allowed in this establishment. And she points at the wall and you can see a uh, no pants, no shirt, no rats, hein, no service. <laughs> I'm going to take my knife and scratch out the no rats <coughs> and walk out. Hey, uh, 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 you guys are going to have to pay for that. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I'm deeply sorry about that. She's, yeah, don't mind her. She's having a bad day. I'll, 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 uh, How much I'll is cover it? it. I'll cover it. Well, 15 credits for the labor, five for me having to order it, and then a 10 extra for the shipment. So you, uh, 30, you, uh, 30 credits. 30? Okay, I'll pay for it. Uh, th- thank you. That'll be much obliged. Uh, please, uh, when you manage to take off your shoes, um, this is a traditional tatami mat, so p- please, just socks. And then she leads you uh, over to a, a short table that comes up to about your, your knees with pillows to sit on. She puts down some menus, and it, there's a variety of greens, blacks, oolongs, pu'er teas, as well as a menu of like various foods mostly baked goods but there is some like hey please go ahead and make your 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 decision and i will bring out the tea and and make sure you have everything that is to the tea exactly how you want it oh well i was if i could get just a a nice cup of your uh, your green tea that would be lovely and then i was hoping maybe if you have any sort of uh stuffed kind of breads you know stuffed with maybe sweets or some of that lovely lovely uh chicken that i see in the window that would i think that would be superb yeah oh yeah of course i can get you a button with that yes and for you and she looks over at atlas you guys have any types of sushi not at this establishment i think if you're might want to go and check out the clean getaway they tend to have probably the most variety of food okay i'll just take a cup of coffee um i can go see what i have in the back pantry It takes longer than normally it would for her to return, but eventually she returns with this tea and she sets down the tray and does this complete tea ceremony where she pours the tea ornamentally and then does this thing where she bows and moves the tea over to you and makes it just this whole beautiful thing. Then she returns once more to the kitchens to retrieve the bun and the coffee that is done and she sets down this massive pork bun the size of your fist, Clive. She brings this black (laughs) cup of joe and sets it down on the table um that was my my grandpa's stash uh he 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 passed away about seven years ago and then she pushes it over to you you you. know what you no, you don't have to pay for that (laughs) i appreciate it and uh, she she then drops the bill down and altogether it's 13 credits Mm. i'll pay for that too Atlas, you're you're being surprisingly nice today. I'm a little worried. You, are you okay? How much was it? You said fifteen. Uh, th- Thirteen. Thirteen. Okay, I'm just gonna make it fifteen. I'm not too good Fif- with math. So she brightens immediately, and she's like, "Of course, and I 
I will bring you a, how about this, biscuit on the house. And she runs back into the room, uh, back into the kitchen and comes back with a little bit of an extra pastry and then bows and says, you two can return for business anytime you want, preferably without that one. And she kind of nods out to the window where Ray can be seen. Ray can be seen with a sign that she has made out of wood and carved it into the side that says, Arsenal T-Shot is racist. And she is standing outside with her rat and the sign. And it is very poorly done because she did this quickly. Just to repeat this again, Arsenal T-Shot is racist. Can you please roll a uh, persuasion roll mm-hmm. with disadvantage? That would be a 15 and a 15. <clears throat> the sun has just become covered by clouds, as if fortuitously guessing Ray's demeanor, covering the spot where she's sitting. Just as there's this like limping figure who walks up, very patchy, looks like he's he's on the juice, if you know what I'm talking about. The skin's a little yellow. He's missing his two bottom teeth. And one eye just hangs a little lower than the other one. But he has a jolly smile and a big backpack. Smells a little bit too... Like, just maybe missing a day's shower. Well, Arsenews is racist. If I don't say so myself, I, I would agree with you. And he sits down right next to you with a... Thank you. They wouldn't allow the rat in the restaurant. Uh, you should probably add people-less too, because they ain't letting me in either. She starts <coughs> carving in people-less on the sign. Uh, much obliged, little lady. Uh, say, by the way, you know, you're looking like you're kind of my, my type. <laughs> you, uh, you been around town a while? She scratches out people-less. <laughs> And gets up and says, if I see you again, I will kill you. And walks away to the other side of the door. Sitting across from him at this point. (laughs) Like, that's actually my name. The name is Suguru. Come on, sweetness. I was just wondering if you had a little other, if you know what I'm saying, saying, huh? I am going to pull my knife out. Oh, come on now. Come on. Look, my hands are empty. I'm asking you to leave me alone. Well, last time I looked, <laughs> this was Arsenu's tea room, not a uh, rat's tea room. So I'm going to walk around this building and sneak attack this guy. What? Don't know. Can the party hear everything that's going on or no? No, you are inside. <laughs> go go yeah. ahead and uh, you two make a perception roll. I'm going to say You're with disadvantage. I'm saying with disadvantage. I think it was very good. Well, so I got a 21. Clive, you hear voices being raised outside just as you see Ray pop up, knife in hand, sign dropping to the ground, starting to stalk away from someone just out of sight. Oh, God. Clive's going to get up suddenly and rush out there and... Does he see me? Both of you roll contested initiative rolls. 15. An 11. By the time you get out there, you, you don't see Ray. You just see this man 
looking off in the direction that Ray was headed. You know her? Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, she giving you a hard time? Ah, nah. Mm. We're just having a conversation. What's uh, it to you, bub? Hey, well, well, nothing, nothing. I was just, I heard some voices raised, and I got a little concerned, so I came out here to check on it, but it seems like everything is fine, so I'll, I'll leave you be, and I'll go back in, and I'll enjoy my meal. Heaven knows I'm all dirty now, because I came out here without my shoes on. Well, why I did that, but... I did, I apologize. I didn't mean to. Didn't mean to bother you, sir. And I'm oh, I was just curious, but I, I am curious about this. You, you can see that I'm a little down on my luck, <laughs> and well, my wife hasn't eaten in days. My three kids. You think? Uh, think you could help a buddy out? Yeah, you know I'm a. What are your kids' names? Um. No, I don't like to tell strangers uh, private information. So uh, Clive, Clive will give him a, a few credits, but he'll give him credits for just one person, not for family. And he's just like, well, you know, uh, how about you take care of yourself first, and uh, I'll see you around, okay? Blessings. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't mention it. Please roll a stealth roll, Ray. 22. Ray comes around from behind him with her knife to his throat. Um, It is very obvious she has the intent to kill him, but she doesn't. I asked you not to talk to me. And I'm going to slit his throat just enough to make it bleed and walk away. Oh my god! This blood, what is wrong with you? I'm gone. Hey! I just wanted to... God! God! And he stumbles away. Atlas, did you... Did you just catch all of that? What? I don't I don't know about this, I'm a, this I'm Ray I'm just going to assume that most likely there's a... Disagreement. Oh, God, I hope so. Be a shame if it was ended up being one of us on the under, other end of that blade. But uh, I definitely think we need to keep an eye out on her because she's she's a little bit a uh, little bit unstable. It appears. A little bit. Alex is gonna he's gonna leave Ray to do whatever she needs to do. But he's just gonna go look for uh, a equivalent to like maybe like a pharmacy in a sense or a place that sells medical gear. I'm gonna follow him. But before I go, I'm going to speak to the person that helped us and ask you know when things calm down with the hydras a bit if i could come back and possibly learn a little bit about how you guys make your cuisine uh of course yes that that would be wonderful um she then introduces herself after kind of wringing her hands clean on a washcloth the name is tane michizani this place was my grandfather's dream and we haven't been able to hire too many people, so maybe we'd be talking about an internship, but I would I would love to share some of what we know. Uh Mr. Uh the name is the name is Clive Jensen. 
Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. Well, I think that would be awesome. I'd, I'd definitely love to come back and help you out. Uh, you've been so so nice to us, and considering what our friend did to your shop, I feel like it's uh, the the very least I could do. But uh, I'm gonna go now, uh, and I'll uh, I'll see you around. Of course. Take care. Immediately, you see this white, sterile environment with shelves stocked with various things, but very few things that you recognize. You recognize some of the basic things, pieces of a med kit, spray flesh here or there, some painkillers. You are caught by the smells of cinnamon, cardamom, earthen herbs, and you can hear something bubbling in the back as this being from behind a counter turns it's what you see is this huge shell that probably goes up about four feet and this long green head that turns and there's no hair on the head but there's yellow eyes with framed by long drooping white like eyebrows and this matronly smile as this turtle turns and says how can I help you uh, I'm looking to resupply for my full team and myself. Well, resupply. I'm sure we can find something here. Or I can cook something up for you. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Atlas <laughs> will get ten painkillers, eight more spray flushes, and four medkits. Looking at yeah. them slowly, raising it up to the light in an aggravatingly slow manner. Painkillers. 50 credits. Sets it down per one for the military grade. Spray flesh. 440. Sets down this ca- this silver canister. And full med kit. Neural herbals added. 100. Okay. We hear don't use these too often if you're interested in something equally potent it might interest you in a herbal tincture mixture of merilisium now that's just a tier one herbal but we all we have all the way up to tier three yeah no i think i'm just gonna stick with the stuff i know of course and so that will be 10 painkillers so that's 500 credits right there. And how many spray fleshes did you say that was? Eight. Eight. 3,520 credits. For everything? For the spray fleshes. I thought you said there were 40 credits each. 440. Oh. Excuse Excuse me. I'll take just four spray flushes. Okay. That'll be 1,760. Okay. And then the med kits are 400? 400 altogether. So it'll be, what, 2,660? 
If my math does not lie to me, yes. Alright, that'll be all I need. Thank you. Thank you for your time. I think I'm just gonna try to find a quiet place by a garbage or a restaurant that's not ratsist. I'm happy to provide service to them as well, but a quiet one. I'd say go ahead and make an investigation roll. That is a uh, nat one. Everywhere you go, there are people, there are things. It is as, almost as if the sounds are just like caving in around you and it feels like it's kind of like just almost too much yeah. uh, going on and you eventually kind of cover your ears for a second, take a deep breath. And there's a little tug on the side of your sleeve as there's a boy holding a paper. Hey! What do you want? You look like you want to buy a paper. Am I right? I don't want to buy a paper. He kicks you in the shin and runs off. (laughs) (laughs) Why are the people in this stupid town so rude? Ray is just... Maybe if there's like corn dogs being sold, she'll buy a corn dog. And then she's just going to sit against the wall and share it with her rat. Eventually, as Atlas and Clive are meandering their way through the market, they happen upon Ray, who's eaten three-fourths of this corn dog and a mouse that's chewing on some of the edges. Hey, uh, hey, so what happened to you back there at the uh, the tea shop? Do you mean right. what happened to him? <clears throat> no, no, I mean, I, what happened to you? I, you? You know, we were, Atlas and I were sitting down and eating our meal, and then all of a sudden, we swear I saw you run past the window out of the corner of my eye. I was just, is everything, everything okay? You just seem like you're in kind of a, kind of a rush. I mean, I'm fine. You should ask the other guy, though. Do I even want to know? You probably don't. You know, but we, if you do, he would be a great source. Well, I think it would probably be in my best interest to just leave that be. You're a wise man, Clive Jensen. Alice is going to hand over uh, three painkillers, two spray flesh, and two medkits to Ray. I don't know why you're giving this to me, but thanks. Well, I got to take care of my team, so got to make sure everyone's I... stocked up. Just orders. Well, I like the orders. Does anyone else have like any shops they want to potentially look for and stuff? I have uh, one more or two more, so I, I just yeah, want to make Clive, sure. If... Clive probably wanted to go look for... A hat. <laughs> Actually, no, but that's a good idea. Uh... If there was any sort of weapon shop. Yeah, same. In a small village, but mm-hmm. just by chance if there is. So, near the outskirts of the market, you find an old ammunitions and weapons forge that looks like it's more of the kind that you would find for hunting game. It's mostly dilapidated. more looks like a shed that has fallen in on itself. But there is a neon open sign, and the door is unlocked. A thick cloud of cigarette smokes kind of like lets out 
and but it's interesting because it's kind of min mingled with incense it takes a moment for your eyes to get used to it there is no counter there's just a, like a row of benches and like short tables and you see a half elf sitting at the table golden hair pulled back these slightly pointed ears and skin that is somewhere between fair and dark silvery eyes doesn't bother to look up as he's cleaning what looks to be some sort of hunting rifle hey welcome to honor first you folks looking for something to go hunt some owl bears with or what needs need some ammunition what what can we do maybe a repair of the old family uh, heirloom oh hey <clears throat> my name's clive jensen uh no, no, nothing like that. It's a nice, nice little quaint little shop you got here, though. I gotta say, got some pretty respectable uh, pieces. They seem to tend to old, go towards more of the uh, old style weaponry, which I I quite respect. Um, but no, for me, I'm just looking for if you have any like uh, gun repair tools. Uh, my trusty laser rifle here has been misfire in the last few days, and kind of just I need to fidget with it and get it all fixed up. But uh, I seem to. I seem to not have uh, brought my tools with me, unfortunately. So if you have anything like that, that would be uh, wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just drop it here. Let me see what I got. He doesn't even bother looking up from the stock that he's working on right now. Um, basically, it looks as it should, uh, but there are a few like nuts and bolts that are missing. Uh, some of the wires just seem to be a little bit crossed. When it powers up, it's just sparking a little bit nothing nothing crazy but it's definitely just had some wear and tear that just needs some uh needs some good maintenance on it when he finally gets around looking at it a good like three minutes the eyebrow kind of arcs up this isn't standard gear finally he looks up at all of you oh oh you're the ones elder you're not told us about half off the ones that fell from the sky huh nice no, look at this thing. Now this is something I could work with. Yeah, yeah, I got the thing for this. And he goes back to like some back cabinets and starts opening it up. And as he opens it up, you can see various elements of, again, all older, mostly hunting, nothing usually like super military grade or anything like that. But you also do see that there is a mix of forged weapons as well, archaic in nature, but some form of a tradition that looks like it's been kept. And you can even see through a back window, a blacksmithing forge in the old style. Here we go. Comes back with a rattling case, opens it, checks all the things. This is pretty much everything you're gonna need, bud. The discount, that's gonna probably run you about 10 credits. So you sure that's all you're looking for? I mean, I don't got much, but I don't get many weapons like this great in here. I mean, I do got something special if you. Oh, something special you say? Well. Yeah, let me take a look. Kind of curious. Yeah, okay, I don't get many shipments like this because, well, no one's doing stuff out here, but it comes back with this small, like, battery. The battery is silver, and then there's, like, a thin line that's almost clear, and inside you can see, like, this white light just whoo, whoo, whoo. This right here, and you would, you would know what it is. It puts down the element capacitor. Right now... You got your standard radiant capacitor. This is a force capacitor. You gotta swap it out, but if you ever find something that is it's the standard damage on your weapon's not gonna do for, this will this buddy's gonna change your bolt into just a brunt force. It'll, it's almost like if you took all the air in the world and you compressed it into a brick wall and threw that at someone. That's what you got right here. 
Hmm. Uh, what kind of damage are we talking about here? Like, say, I don't know, against the Hydra. Yeah, it's force damage. Hmm. How much are you looking for for it? Uh, normally six, but uh, I'm not one much to go against the honor of Elder Urna, so three. No, no one's buying it. Okay, I'll be honest with you. No one. Uh, how, so, how did, how did you get it? Where did it come from for you? Well, I I had grand illusions of being someone who traded arms and making cool weapons, and no no one in this village has any interest in that. But it's also the place I grew up, so I don't have any plans of leaving. This is the last vestige of a few pieces that I have that are a bit above the normal hunting stock. Hmm. All right. Yeah, you know what? I feel like splurging on myself today. I'll, I'll take it. Well, then you have yourself a deal. Oh. The name's Unthrall. What was yours? Uh, my name's Clive Jensen. Nice to meet you. <sighs> nice to meet you. Nice to meet you, friend. And uh, you two? You looking for something? It's a nice side piece you got there. Looks at Ray and then looks down at the archaic gun she has on her hip. What I have will do, but I know where to come if I need something else. Thank you. With the credit system, that's all, it's digital in a sense, correct? Yeah. Okay, so Atlas will transfer 1500 to Clive. What is, what is this for? Uh, I, was just, I said earlier, I gotta make sure my team's stocked up and ready. Hmm. Well, it does seem quite out of character for you, Atlas, but considering the situation, I'll accept it. I, I appreciate that. And then Alice will look over to the shop owner and ask if he has if he has any types of heavy weapons in a sense. Yeah, I think I got a few things. One second, sir. He goes back and actually leaves the room. And he eventually returns with what looks like your standard run-of-the-mill, like, archaic-type longsword. And he, he carries, like, some similar type of elements and some that are, like a, like, a heavy flail. And then... There is one piece that he... I think that this might be the closest thing that you're looking for here. It's definitely got heft, and he hands this polearm to you. That's uh, it's family work right there. That's called a G. You see that it's this like polearm, and the top has this crescent blade that almost looks like a half moon that runs up and off so that it can both stab and cut. How much is it? 800 credits. 800 credits? Yes. But it, it seems kind of like robbery to, to break it down in half. It's, it's a family one, correct? It's a family design, yes. Okay. Obviously serving the Kashins and obviously we handle this area. I'll just pay the full price. That is much obliged, sir. He looks you up and down as he kind of walks you through the, some, some basic stances with it. It's like watching water flow from a river. That is, you heft that with ease. Yeah, I can feel happy knowing that, that this is where this is going. And then, and you see up where like the crescent blade meets the top, there is like a spot for a gym that isn't there. He looks at it, looks at you. Ah, yes.
returns and brings back this purple heart gem and presses it into your hand. I'm no silversmith, but I think that this should be yours with this. I'm happy. As appreciation for the gem, Alice is going to slap his burst hammer onto the table (laughs) and say you can keep this. If a gift is ever needed, you can call on Unthral first. I will be here to serve. come to an end and you see one of those fox masked visitors standing on the periphery hands waiting behind his back just watching not saying a word but the guide that was promised by elder yuma well i think uh if we gotten all of the shopping out of the way then we should probably go see this artixis fella and figure out what we can do to help this village i mean they've been so nice to us it's the least that we can do yeah, I think that's a good idea. And if he's a problem, solve the problem. The figure wordlessly turns, and it's almost as if ghostly, as if like their feet don't even kick up any dirt, and they walk and lead you out of the market, out of the village, and along a path that turns from cement to gravel to forest path. Through trees, wisteria, and changing colored maple, until you finally come to the edge of an estate that looked like it was lost and overgrown by a forest. There is a fence that is made of stone that comes up to Atlas's shins, maybe. There's like a small gate. The vizier opens the gate, even though you could all step over the fence. You walk through to this quaint but large home to some degree. And only large because you can see in addition of what looks like to be some sort of workshop where smoke is pluming out of the various chimneys attached to that part of it. There are three windows that face outwards. And the visitor walks up to the door and knocks. You are met by the red foxed mask face of Elder Yurna's vizier. As you know, the viziers never speak unless commanded by Elder Yurna. It uh, bows low and uh, then moves uh, out of the way and shows you three people. Uh, uh, oh, uh, uh, I uh, nervously um, return the bow and uh, my regards to Elder Yurna, vizier. Um, uh, what's going on? Are you Artixis? Uh, yes. Uh, th- 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 that that would be me. You also know, I'm curious, what exactly fell? Because when we spoke to the Elder, she explained that something had hit the wall. By chance, do you know what might have done that? Uh, I, 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 I promise it wasn't me. I, I, look, I don't care what anybody says. I was here. I saw it fall. I didn't do it. We I don't have, care what anybody says. We've heard you've been exploding some things, Artixis. I, I, uh, it was one bar, 
Okay, one bar. Like a bar of chocolate, or you exploded a whole bar? It wasn't even. It, it wasn't even a whole bar. It was the northern wall of a bar. But I mean, <laughs> it's it's still there. You probably walk past it on the way here, but I I I, I don't make a habit of this. But it, I mean, I would love to learn how you did that. Oh, well, I mean, it's actually pretty easy. Uh, a little bit of uh, sulfur phosphorus. I mean, there's all sorts of flammable substances in the woods out here. I mean, it's, it's actually quite funny. Um, but no, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, I didn't blow up the wall. The only way I can believe that is if you show me how you blew up the wall. I, 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 I look, is the Vizier still there? The Vizier is walking off into the forest. Artixis, you watch as from the family estate grounds out of these bushes, you see Bartholomew creeping up towards Clive, who's more in the back. Artixis, Artixis, should we activate plan Zeta 3-4? Uh, no, 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 that's Bartholomew is unnecessary. I mean, they're said they're sent by the elders. Zeta 3-4 is intended only for hostile intrusions. Uh, I don't know whether they're hostile or not yet. And if the elders sent them, we can't afford to get on their bad side. Tell me if they're hostile. I, 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 you'll be the first to know. Don't, don't worry. Activating stealth mode. What does Artixis look like? So, uh, Artixis is, he is a halfling. Uh, he's, uh, very, very small. He's only about three foot two. And he's got a, just kind of, like, scruffy, disheveled brown hair. Rather plain, but, uh, tired and genuine-looking brown eyes. Some, you know, patchy scruff on his face. And he is wearing a, a tattered uh, leather apron covered in pouches and uh, tools hanging off in all sorts of places, uh, oil splotches everywhere. He looks like he's got like some sort of like dirt, like kind of encrusting his face and his hands are very dirty. And then he's got a pair of uh, goggles that are uh, propped up on his forehead. Yeah, he's, he's, he's very small. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, uh, look, I... I mean, I could show you how things blow up, but I, the, the particular circumstances of the of, of the of the wall of the tavern blowing are would be a little bit different difficult to replicate. It was it was electrical short, okay, and it just happened to cross with a series of alcohols that were being processed, and I, it was it was a perfect storm of bad luck, is what that was. I could replicate it, but I don't have it ready to do that at the moment. I could show you how to blow something up, though. I would love to learn. I, uh, And she has a very excited, kind of creepy smile on her face. Oh, well, I mean, I can tell that you're, uh, I, I, I can tell you're an enthusiast, obviously. Um, well, uh, I mean, uh. There is, have you been to Arsenu's tea shop? Uh, not in a long time, but I have, uh, I, I, I have, uh, before, uh, once hmm. or twice, but. Not in a while. It would be interesting to practice there. I uh, no, I am a, <laughs> I am, um, I would really rather not. Honestly, I, I, I. Well, I, you teach me, and then I'll practice wherever I want. No, hold up, hold up, hold up. We're not gonna go blow up the tea shop. And sorry, Artixis. My name's Clive Jensen. It's a pleasure to meet you. And despite how my colleagues approached you we're really here just to ask for your help we're not here to accuse you of anything or to blow anything up i'm just want to learn but as you know i'm sure this little village has been having a hydra issue and well that's really why we're here 
Artixus's face brightens up and he stands up a little bit straighter and... Yes, the Hydras. Uh, if you're here about those, then I can definitely help with that. Um, please, come in, come in, come in. Uh, you, uh, uh, I points at Clive and Atlas. You may have to duck a little bit. To, uh, you'll, be, you'll be fine. Um, Artixus, are they friends? I don't know yet, but I, I, I believe they are. May I come out of hiding? Uh, absolutely, please. Uh, and I, actually, yes, before before any of you come in, um, I need to introduce you uh, to my uh, uh, my dearest and closest associate. Um, if you, uh, Bartholomew, you can come out now. You guys hear the shaking of these trees and these shrubs, and you're expecting something ginormous to come out, and out of them... From the bushes um, comes uh, scuttling, for last, lack of a better term. A large robot lizard. Its body hangs very low to the ground. It's got these kind of like, not short, like medium length legs that look like it could stand up taller if it wanted to, but it's kind of like dragging its belly along the ground as it just kind of crawls. It's probably about like head to tail, seven to eight feet, but it's not very tall. Its uh, its head sits no taller than, uh, maybe a little bit taller than Artixis. And it's just a series of uh, metal plates and hatches and bolts that seem, uh, a couple of bolts that seem to be in places that they don't necessarily need to be or do anything and just has these kind of beady little glowing red lights for eyes and it looks kind of like a robotic komodo dragon and you guys realize that every moment when artixis would kind of like be talking and then stop and almost space out he was communicating via a mental connection through his neural link to this thing did did you make that uh, yes, actually, that's uh, I, I, I made. I actually I made Bartholomew when I was thirteen years old. How old are you now? I'm forty-seven. What can you make now? Um, I mean, I can make a lot of things, but uh, uh, really, Bartholomew is kind of the uh, uh, um, uh, uh, what's the term? I don't remember what the term was. Um, Probably the most impressive thing that I could show you. Pinnacle of perfection. That one. That that. Th- thank you. Th- th- thanks, buddy. Uh, he's he's sort of sort of the pinnacle of uh, what I've been able to create. And with an ego. I, I, I he doesn't have an ego. He's I mean he's right. He's uh, I mean truly he's uh, uh, probably the most uh, perfect thing I've ever managed to make. Honestly. <laughs> Um, I don't think an ego is uh, misplaced if it's true, I mean. That's why I want you to teach me to blow things up. I... You, you you mentioned blowing up the tea shop? Um, yes, and I would really rather I'll show not... you my sign. Uh, you still have that? Rats. Ratsist. Um... Now, you are aware that rats uh, uh, historically have been harbingers of uh, disease and sickness as they carry fleas, which carry infected blood. And there's a, 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 a enti- entire plagues have uh, inflicted planets because of, uh, uh, because of an overpopulation of rats, which is henceforth why they're not typically allowed in uh, eating establishments. I can learn to blow things up from someone else. Uh, On okay. to the hydras. Um, yes, hydras. Um, I, uh, anyway, please come in, come in. Um, the, uh, couch is a little bit, uh, sunken, but, uh, please make yourself at home. You come into a home that is 
not the worst for wear, but has seen better days. And there's definitely marks of an inventor everywhere. Bartholomew curls up across from you guys with his head sitting right under Artixus's hand, almost like the way a dog would, and just stares, the eyes glowing at you. Uh, yes, so uh, so hydras, uh, that I could help with. He goes over to a, a shelf that's just kind of like bursting with uh, various books and uh, scrolls and very, very, very old fashioned and pulls off a couple of large, large tomes and opens them. No, not this one. Uh, not this one. Here it is. Here it is. And he grabs a um, a leather bound book um, with the binding is like completely falling apart, and it looks like half the pages aren't even like actually bound. They're just kind of sitting between the weight of the cover. And he plops it down onto the coffee table in front of you all, and opens it, and dust, some dust comes out, and he brushes it away. So, uh, uh, yes. So hydras. I have a plan. Well, actually, no. First of all, how much do you uh, do you all know about this? I, I realize actually, actually, uh, sorry, names again. Uh, you said you were Clive. Um, uh, please, uh, introductions. Uh, I, I, I don't want to have guests in my house and not even know their name. I don't want to be rude. I'm Ray, and I pull out my mouse and introduce you to Calcifer. Oh, oh, oh he, rat. Oh, he is adorable. Yeah, and, and you, my uh, uh, my very uh, tall guest. Um, I I must say I'm I'm, I'm honored uh, to have a, a member of the uh, of the Kashin family in my uh, uh, in my home. Um, I'll admit it's a little bit worrying considering you uh, uh, you know talking about the hole in the wall. But uh, please, uh, I mean I. I'm honored to have you. If you need anything, uh, I am at uh, you, the, you and the Kashin family's disposal. Preferably not the disposal part, but, um, you know. Yeah, that's what we're here to find out. And also, my name is Atlas. Uh, yes. Uh, hello, hello, Atlas. Um, uh, yes, so I am, uh, I am Artixus Albane. Um, I am an inventor. Um, and, uh, more specifically, um, uh, my father, uh, Olmund, uh, he's actually the one who built the wall um, around the rice fields. Um, so these are his notes that I have here, uh, and I've actually been uh, um, I've been pouring through them all week. I've been trying to figure out you know what the best uh, course of action we can take to try to repair the wall. Um, and I have a number of theories, uh, some of them working, some of them not so working. Um, but uh, yes, uh, where, where, where do you all want to begin? Well, probably get rid of the issue before we try repairing the wall. Um, but at the same time, though, if we can get it to a stable amount to where the sea isn't flowing into their, into the fields, the very minimum, that'd be good. Uh, yes. So um, he uh, leaves the coffee table and goes over, um, goes uh, disappears into the door leading towards the workshop, and you hear some clanking around, and um, comes back with this very large scroll that's like as, uh, as as long as he is tall and pushes the journal out of the way and unrolls it on the table and is, is a very intricate diagram yes so this is a uh, full a full blueprint i just i drew up last night about uh, uh the necessary construction or repair needed uh f- for the wall um i'm confident that i can repair the systems um it's just going to take a little bit of time and a little bit of manpower but uh the, the 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 key issue is of course uh keeping the tide of uh, hydras at bay while the wall is uh, repaired um for which he oh where did I, oh i right i pushed it off the table of course he 
picks the journal back up and puts it on the ta- uh, table over top of the diagram. And uh, yes, so my father. Uh, this was oh going on probably uh, 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 60, 70 years ago now. Um, my father, when he uh, first designed the wall, um, he actually harvested um, uh, he harvested hydra urine um, and combined it with uh, active hor- uh, active hormones and pheromones in order to try to draw the hydras to a different area of the sea. Uh, and giving them enough time to uh, uh, build the wall initially. Uh, I believe that we could possibly replicate uh, his methodology, uh, and this would give us enough time, as long as we have the organization of the town and all of the necessary supplies and materials ready on hand, um, it should give us enough time uh, to uh, make the necessary repairs. I feel like you just talked over my head. Uh, Well, I mean, I... I don't know how I would have talked over your head. I mean, you're actually taller than me. Yes, metaphorically. I feel like I just need a list of things we need. Uh, Hydra P. So you don't have that. No. How do you get Hydra P? Um, well, typically it comes from Hydras. Um, <laughs> and typically they aren't all that willing to give it up. So, uh, very carefully. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do have plenty of access to the pharaohs, though. So, it's clear you have pretty extensive knowledge of the wall itself. But what about the hydras? Because when we came into town and learned first sort of you know what was going on, we were told that before whatever hit the wall hit the wall, the most you guys would ever see in a span of you know a period of time was a couple hydras here and there. But now you're having wave after wave after wave and it seems as if something is drawing them here do you have any idea what 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 do i mean what do hydras look for what 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 are they looking for do you have any idea about any of that should i show them one well one moment um uh so for, for for uh first of all um I have to ask, what are uh, your? So you were you were sent uh, by the Kashin family, I assume, to uh, assist in the uh, repairs of the wall and uh, um, getting the uh, uh, the rice fields back in order, correct? Basically, yes. to see what the problem is. Yes. Okay, so you're not actually with the town guard or with anybody from the village. No. No. Will you promise? not to show them this or tell them that I was in a place where I could have seen this. Well, I guess it depends on how much your information is going to help us out. <sighs> okay. All right. I'm going to have Bar- Bartholomew has a series of images that I captured from the night that the wall exploded. Something fell from the sky that night. And uh, I wasn't able to get the best view of it, but it looked like it was a um, a piece, uh, some uh, like a shuttle, some sort of like uh, escape pod or capsule, something that came off of a ship. I did my best to see if I could try to deflect it away from the town, but I wasn't very successful. And when I came upon the wall, as you've probably heard, I have a propensity for blowing things up. It's not never my intention; it just sort of happens. 
And when I, I mean, I mean the, I'm the only person who understands the inner workings of how the retaining wall uh, operates, uh, as it is not only a retaining wall, but also a uh, essentially uh, like a tide gate. It allows the water to come in and out at a certain uh, certain intervals. And they wouldn't let me near it to inspect the damage, so I had to. I did a little bit of sneaking, um, and so I, I made it to the wall uh, against the wishes of uh, the elder and the various town guard. There was a thing, uh, and Bartholomew will show you the image that he captured, but there was a thing that came out of the crater. And I don't have a great idea of what it is, but it reminds me of a lot of old tales that we've heard around here about a, uh, a race of beings called the, uh, the Kapawarabe. It legends say that they had a limited control over, uh, over water and aquatic things, uh, hydras being a, uh, semi-aquatic creature. I saw something, and, uh, Bartholomew, if you would show them the picture. With pleasure. Its eyes turn a different kind of hue of red and then suddenly blue, and it casts a hologram onto the wall like a projector, and you guys see... From the view angle of someone, if they were to stand on top of the shield wall, when it was freshly hit and destroyed, you see first layers of smoke, parts of where the dam is sparking, but at the center, where Bartholomew brings the image in, you see this shady, blurred vision of almost amorphous-looking thing until it gets closer, and you realize it almost looks like water that's swept in a humanoid form. And it's looking straight up at Bartholomew with these like two black and dark and blue eyes, or where I should be, holding up what looks like some sort of like gold pendant that has some strange script written around it, but then pictures of all manner of sea beast, including Hydra on it. So, I uh, I mean, it's I've only heard legends, um, but. Uh, the Kapawarabi, they were uh, essentially the ancient people of Balistar who learned how to harness the, uh, the power of the oceans. And using this, they were able to raise the continents out from the, the ocean in order to create living space for the people of Balistar. Unfor- unfortunately, using this, using this power source, it changed them and it, cr- it turned them into these, these spirits of water, essentially. The image on this disc that this thing is holding is very reminiscent of these tales of the Kapoorabe. Whether or not this is one of them, I don't know. Whether or not this came out of what hit the shield wall, I also don't know. But as soon as that thing appeared and raised that disc, all the hydras started to attack. Ooh. How do you kill one? Until I saw this, and I, you know, I've, I've been referencing a lot of old storybooks and notes that uh, my father left, but uh, uh, until I saw this, I didn't even think that they were real. I thought it was just a fairy tale. Um, I, I'm not an expert on mythology, but um, there is somebody in town who might be able to help us with that. It may be the only person who's actually willing to talk to me in town. Now, where you said, well, you obviously captured images of this being, whatever it may be, but where did it go? Well, so it popped up, it raised the disc, and then the Hydra started to attack. In the chaos, it just kind of disappeared. 
and also in said chaos, I had to disappear because uh, I was being fired at by people on shore, and there were a handful of guards with flamethrowers, and uh, it was a bad time. Where can we find this friend of yours that might be able to help us? Well, uh, he actually likes to hang out by the rice paddy fields, typically in the evening. Um, his name is Todd Todd, not necessarily a friend of mine, but he's uh, actually an off-worlder who's uh, kind of like a storyteller. Um, I've been uh, sitting in on some of his stories lately. It's been uh, quite entertaining. He doesn't push me out, and since he, uh, you know, since he does his storytelling outside, uh, there is no facility for somebody to kick me out of, and nothing for me to potentially blow up and. So they typically don't look twice at me when I sit in, but, um, so he'll probably be hanging out in the white rice paddy fields tonight. I mean, I would assume that's where he usually is. Would the Kashin have ever taught anything of that or no? Yeah, do had a culture check. The advantage. 19. You've heard similar stories to what Artixus is telling you, although Artixus seems to know more than you've ever mm -hmm. cared to learn. The thing is, is you, what you latch onto is that there are homages to the Capoeira Bay, and they are they are seen as spirits or ancient people who came before the people of Balistar, and thus the Kashin give them a proper place of honor. And there is an entire stone garden that seemed to have a very similar shaped statues. When do you think you'll be ready to see this acquaintance, Tauntaun? Oh, I mean, we can head into town any time. And you kind of peer out the window and you see the sun beginning to dip. Uh, well, he's actually he's actually probably uh, set, uh, probably setting up the uh, his story. He he likes to he likes to make a campfire every. It's better to tell stories around a fire, as I'm sure you all know. Um, but he's uh, probably setting up just about now. The crowd doesn't usually set in um, until the sun actually goes down. Uh, so you might be able to uh, uh, catch him now for a few questions. That'd probably be our best plan, but uh, Artixus, I think you should go with us. Uh, you know him a little better than, than we do, and obviously you have the most information on this whole situation, and I think uh, your help could be invaluable to uh, trying to figure out what's going on. I really think uh, that you're probably better off on your own. Uh, I mean, you, <laughs> you don't. I mean, you, you you know the way back to town. I mean, you you don't you don't need you don't need me. Oh no, you're coming. Mm. No, you're definitely Yeah, you're coming. definitely gonna come with us. Uh, As of right okay. now, you're still a suspect, so uh, you're gonna be needing to uh, prove okay. that you didn't just blow up the wall. And to be honest with you, you know, I've I've seen some pretty crazy things in my day, but all of this just sounds way far fetched. So, and since we don't really know each other, and there's, as far as I can tell, not a whole lot of trust here, I think we just need to. You know, bring you along and make sure that uh, what you're saying to us is, is true. And maybe you could teach us to blow up a thing or two. And we're not going to blow up anything. Probably make our way over to Tauntaun and, as a group. And we will uh, find out whatever knowledge he has. And hopefully it'll help us dispel these hydras. Yeah, you'll be with the Kashin at this point. Or at least working for the Kashin. So you should be clear to go into the city or the village. Okay. All right, I can do this. I can do this. Whew. You don't have a choice. Uh, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, she's right. Uh, <clears throat> Oof, I need to. Uh, <laughs> oh boy. Um, okay. Uh, <clears throat> Alice will hand him a cigarette. 
Just calm oh, down. Uh, thank you. Th- th- thank you. I, uh, I actually, uh, here, one moment. I, uh, I, uh, Bartholomew, do you have my pipe? Of course. And then the mouth unhinges, this tongue rolls out with a pipe on the end of it. Ah, perfect. Yes. Uh, 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 M- M- Mr. Atlas, do you uh, ever smoke out of a pipe? No. Uh, you really should try it sometime. It's a much smoother hit. Uh, nice, uh, uh, nice clean, nice clean burn. It's a, a unbeatable experience compared to a, just a, just a cigarette or a cigar. Mm. Tix is actually going to unroll it and he's going to put it into the pipe. Um, and uh, if, if, if given the choice, you should always smoke out of a filter. It's uh, better. It's it's a nasty habit for your lungs, but this uh, helps prolong it a little bit. He uh, raises a hand, and the the gloves that he's wearing have little like metal caps on them. And the cap on the index finger begins sparking, and he puts it into the bowl and uh, lights it, and takes a puff and. Go ahead and make a Constitution saving throw. Oh God! <laughs> oh, that's a natural twenty. Oh, nice. And you continue smoking it, and as your things are gathered, as Bartholomew allows you to ride him, and as the, the people, these strange people, begin to pull you out of your home, Artixis, At- Atlas keeps looking at you, one eyebrow raised. Impressed? I'm seemingly <laughs> impressed. Uh, w- 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 would you like to share? I mean, it's uh, always nice to pass the pipe, you know? No, no, I'm fine. I just want to make sure you can calm down so we can get the work done. Oh, I'm good. This is this is this is excellent stuff. Is this a? Uh, um, I'm assuming this is a Kashin family original. Uh, something of the sort, slightly modified, yeah. And hey. as you pull it up to your lips and puff a few more, the smoke begins to completely obscure the camera lens as the crew begins to head out to find Tauntaun, and I think. That that'll be a good place to call this episode of Starlight. Bum bum bum. Bum Gonna milk a hydra for some pee. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. If you enjoyed this, please like, share, subscribe. For early releases, exclusive RPG content, and other bonus material, check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash starlightadventures. And to reach us for questions to be aired, email us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com. See you next Tuesday, spacers. <laughs>